Welcome to this week's study of the book of Hebrews. I hope you had a wonderful time studying chapter 1. Today we're focusing on chapter 2. Chapter 1 focused on the divinity of Christ, but chapter 2 will focus on the humanity of Christ. In chapter 1, Paul worked very hard in convincing the audience that Jesus was superior to angels and was God. However, in chapter 2, Paul tries by all means possible to convince his audience that Jesus was also inferior to angels and was a human being who eventually died. The topic of our week is Jesus, our faithful brother. Jesus, our faithful brother. Now, the context of Hebrews chapter 2 will not be understood without understanding what happened uh, in the Jewish economy when you had a debt where you needed someone to rescue you from slavery as a result of a debt. Now, Leviticus makes it clear that if you owed someone money, you needed a near relative to come through and rescue you. That near relative had to be a blood relative. It couldn't be anyone else. It had to be a relative who is a blood relative. Hebrews chapter 2 describes us as slaves to the devil because of sin. You know, it, 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 it talks about us as people who were enslaved by the devil because we, we gave our allegiance to him. Now, because of that situation, Christ then comes in to redeem us. Now, what was Christ supposed to do? Was he supposed to redeem us as God or was he supposed to redeem us as man? I think that's where the question comes from. Um, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 16 supports the notion that he had to come as man. It says, for surely... It is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Now, now, in the Hebrew context where Paul wrote, the people were suffering for being Christians or for being affiliated to Christ. As such, they were ashamed or afraid of being associated with Christ. So Paul then says, do not be ashamed. And he also says in chapter 2 that Christ himself is not ashamed of you. Now, you know, we, we learn from the story of Moses about, you know, being not ashamed. You know, Moses was the son of Potiphar by adoption. And, you know, Acts describes him as a person who was mighty in words and in deeds. You know, in terms of in Egyptian training, no person came as close to, 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 to Moses' qualifications. You know, in terms of military, philosophy, religion, and even civic duties. Moses was destined for the throne in Egypt. So in the case of Moses, it is like a type of Christ. You know, he illustrates the plan of salvation. You know, the only person who could redeem Israel out, you know, out of the bondage of Egypt was a blood relative, Moses himself. So another step that you see is that Moses had to make a choice. What should he do? Should he, should, should he follow his path to glory, to the throne, to power? In Egypt, while least his brothers remain in bondage as slaves? Or should he sacrifice his throne? Should he sacrifice his glory? Should he sacrifice his power in order to redeem his brothers? You know, what Moses did for the children of Israel, Christ did at a grand scale for mankind. You know, Christ is not ashamed to call us his brothers. You know, regardless of what we have done, whether we are slaves in whatever sin. Like what Moses did in redeeming his kith and kin, Christ did the same in coming as flesh and blood like us.
What does it mean flesh and blood like us? He came in our very flesh and blood. What, what you are like is what he came like. You know, do, do, do you suffer from weakness, from hunger, from thirst, you know, from lack of understanding, from, you know, uh, frailty of the human condition? You know, Christ got tired, Christ got thirsty, Christ got weary. You know, he came as we are. As we are, that's how he came. That's how God came. He came and became a human being. But the question that puzzles the mind is, now, when he came, you know, did he sin? Did he come with sin? Hebrews 4 verse 15 says, no, he did not sin. He did not come in sin or with sin. Now, for Christ to be able to redeem us, he had to be without sin. You know, it's described as a lamp without blemish. Paul says, states that Jesus didn't sin. Now, only then could he become our redeemer. Because if the devil had overcome Christ, then he would be subject to him like we are subject to the devil. So, when Christ became victorious over sin, he then was able to rule over Satan himself. He's able to then, you know, rule over death, which comes with sin. Is then able to then redeem us from the bondage of, of sin and to redeem us even from the effects of death. So Christ had to come as a human being to be able to redeem men where they were. An interesting phrase is mentioned in the book of Hebrews, perfected through sufferings. Perfected through sufferings. Now, what does it mean? Does it mean Christ was imperfect? Definitely not. Now, first of all, Christ was perfect as God, one. At incarnation, Christ was perfect as a man, two. And, you know, at the plan of salvation at the cross, Christ was perfect as a savior. So this perfection does not, you know, mean that Christ was imperfect at one point, but but it has another meaning. Well, I would want to suggest two possible meanings. Um, it's interesting that Paul uses the word perfect a lot of times in the book of Hebrews. We'll discover that as we go, that he loves this word. You know, he uses it about 10 times in the book of Hebrews. Um, in this verse, what does it mean? Well, it might mean that Jesus was perfected in the sense that he was equipped to be our savior through suffering. That's one possible meaning. So Jesus was perfected in the sense that he was equipped to be our savior through suffering. Another possible meaning might mean that uh, Jesus had a path that he was supposed to walk, uh, that he had a destiny, uh, had a destination he was supposed to reach, you know, the race he was supposed to finish. You know, when he came on earth, he, his race was marked before him. He was supposed to go to the cross, you know, and he, he knew what was supposed to be done. Now, did Christ complete that race? You know, did Christ perfect that race? Now, it means that, you know, it might mean that Christ perfected his race or Christ completed his race through suffering. He reached his goal. You know, but both ideas have a common denominator, which is suffering, which is suffering. Now, why would Christ have to suffer? Uh, it is suggested that Christ had to suffer to be able to be a faithful high priest who understood the plight of humanity. It was for us that he had to suffer. Now, a high priest is appointed for mankind, on mankind's behalf, on the side of men. So Christ was, was supposed to, to, to relate to the brokenhearted, to the disappointed, the unemployed, the bereaved, the poor. 
Christ was supposed to be able to know and understand, not for his sake, but for our sake. He was going to be acceptable because we would say he's like one of us. He came from a, a disjointed family. He came from a poor family. You know, his father passed away. You know, we'll be able to relate to him. And as such, we as mankind will have confidence in him as our faithful high priest. Now, but what Christ was really supposed to overcome was, you know, this obedience. This obedience. What do I mean when I say this obedience? I'm referring to a self-existent sovereign God obeying. Christ was used to being obeyed. But this time he was supposed to obey his father, to submit his will to God's will, to obey God irrespective of circumstances, whether he was suffering or not. You know, in the end, Christ brings, gives us a model. He gives us a model as our brother. He says that in chapter 2, verse 13 of Hebrews, I will put my trust in him. He's giving us an, giving us an example that, you know what, as mankind, we ought to put our trust in Christ. We ought to put our trust in God. Whatever our situation, whatever our decisions, our destiny, let's allow Christ to be the pilot of our planes or the captain of our ships. Let us trust him. Remember, it is not angels he helps, but the seed of Abraham. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen.